Hi, this is Carl Graves from Oingo Boingo. It's a dead man's party. Who could ask for more? And you're listening to the New Wave Music Broadcast. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of the New Wave Music Podcast, or as our good friend Carl Graves likes to call it, the New Wave Music Broadcast. Either way, I'm glad you guys are uh, with us for the ride. As always, this is Steve. Hey, and I'm T-Bone. And we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in London, England. We greatly appreciate you joining in with us each episode. So T-Bone, we've got an uh, interesting show lined up today. We're yes, gonna we be, do. We're going to be tackling the new albums from Howard Jones that just came out. And later in the episode, one from Nick Kershaw, which came out a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah. These are icons of uh, the new wave era. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So with Howard Jones, where to begin where you might recognize some of his songs? He has had so many hits, such as Like to Get to Know You Well. What is love? An everlasting love. So this one is called Dialogue. Came out, as Steve just said, uh, in 2022. This is his 14th studio album, and it's part of a series that started with Engage in 2005, then Transform in 2019. Then there's this one, and then Global Systems, which is scheduled to be released next year. Not surprisingly, this album was completely written and recorded during the pandemic. And T-Bone, I'm going to admit, I was a big fan of Howard Jones back up through the late 80s, through the mid 90s. I mean, who wasn't? But when Howard started getting to his acoustic phase, it's where I kind of got a little burned out on Howard Jones. Howard Jones acoustically just doesn't, I'll put it this way. I've, I've seen him a, multiple times live, yeah. seen him a few times playing acoustically, and I think I've fallen asleep both times when he's played acoustically. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, who wasn't into his work on that first three or so, maybe four albums. But then there was a whole period of time, a good chunk of the 90s, most of the 2000s that I just didn't follow him. Yeah, same here. So I'm kind of excited and curious to see what Howard's been up to. Right. So let's uh, see how this album stacks up. Okay. The album kicks off with the track Celebrate It Together. Right from the start, this will remind you of everything that you love from Howard. To me, this was a great opening track that pulled me back in. I love the Sith work. 
I loved Howard's vocals and a great upbeat song to kick off the album. Yeah, yeah. It really is a great way to open this album. Howard's typical positivity shines on this track, though this and all of the songs are all electronic. I like that guitar synth. I'm, I, I'm, it could be real guitar, but I didn't find any indication that it wasn't more than just an electronic version of a guitar that makes up a significant part of the track. Um, this is the shortest track on the album, and as we've said about many artists on this program this is one of those songs that i really felt could have gone on longer i really enjoyed this one. Oh, no question it was, it was a great refresher great reminding me of what i used to like about howard jones oh i completely agree on this track then we get into track two formed by the stars I enjoyed the tempo that Howard uses for this song. Again, great synth work, and Howard's vocals work so well. This one also features, I don't know what else to call it, but a synth solo. That works really well, and it was actually part of an album highlight for me. Yeah, synth solo, I like that. Yeah, you know, you mentioned tempo, and it does slow down a little bit on this track. I found that Jones added in some very clever chirping synths midway through. Is that maybe the the, the solo part of it that you were talking about? Very possible. They're they're playful. They make for a nice addition to what seems to me to be kind of a very serious song. And uh, late in the track, I I felt it did drag out just a bit and probably could have been cut a little bit shorter. Um, Maybe. You know, maybe not quite as good as that first song, but a decent track. Then we jump to the next track, My One True Love. T-Bone, this heartbreaking song also worked for me. I'm surprised that I'm three for three so far for Howard Jones. This one does feature a slower tempo, and Howard's vocals match it well. But what really stood out to me were some of the lyrics. I really enjoyed the opening lyrics. Lights flicker and fizz inside the room. I feel your presence, dear. We both left, seething, depressed, and doomed to think that it all ended here. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, great beat to open this uh, this song up. Um, I really like the unusual synth notes that pop up throughout the track. It's it's really a different kind of style there, and lyrically it's very interesting. It, It works pretty well. And that leads us on to the fourth track, Be the Hero. You know, Steve, sadly, I, I kind of felt that this song just seemed like a, an extension of the previous track. It's not a bad song by any means, but for me, it was a little bit difficult to distinguish it from the other. To quote T-Bone, I might like this one just a little bit more than him. Maybe. To me, this was, I felt it was a good, solid song on the album. I enjoyed the melody, the vocals, and the use of the synths. To me, it was a great new wave track from Howard. Nice. Um, that leads us up to the fifth track, Who You Really Want to Be. Find out who you really want to be. Find out who you really want to be. 
a change of beats helps bring things back in focus, in my opinion. That and the different way he approaches the vocal structures really turn things around. The synth patterns work really well with the beat, and I also really like the electronic vocals that he mixes in with his straight uh, forward vocals. For me, this was probably my favorite track on the album. This one reminded me of Howard's heyday from the 80s. I feel this song was a great throwback and one that could have easily shown up on one of his earlier albums. Probably my, like I said, it's probably my favorite song on the album and one of my new favorite Howard Jones songs. Which leads us to You Are the Peacemaker. I enjoyed this slower tempo song. To me, it's my least favorite song on the album. I wouldn't say it's a skippable song or really stretched out. It's not that long. It just felt that it was a notch below the quality of the rest of the album so far. Okay, yeah, and I can see where you're coming from on that. I may have liked it just a touch more than you did, but maybe not that much. Um, I did find, though, that it had excellent use of synths that change pace at different times during the song. That takes us up to the next track, number seven, To Feel Love. ocean wave of synth starts this track and Howard's vocals are matching the style and it's the synths changing in all directions that make this song really enjoyable. They never sit still. Uh, It's the longest track on the album and I really think for the most part it works. I agree 100% with you on that one. It starts out a little bit different or a little bit slower but once it kicks in this this song kicks in. It does. Uh, To me it's it's really more kind of like almost a craftwork type song. Oh, that's an interesting analogy. I, I like that. So that leads us up to the final track on the album. It is a short album. It's only eight songs long. And this one is I Believe in You. synthesized guitars i'm assuming they're synthesized return from the the for the last track they kind of have a 70s funk that is the highlight of this song for me jones starts the album with this with his trademark positive viewpoint and ends it in the same manner Uh, there's even uh, seems to be a hint of electronic horns in the song and they really work and i found it kind of oddly interesting how he winds down the song with what i'm assuming is some electronic bird chirps why are they there I, i have no idea but i sort of liked it to me this album closes out on what may be howard's best song in decades Hmm. i really enjoyed the song everything works and comes together for this closing track from the vocals to the melody to the tempo to the guitars to the synth work I will have to admit, after this track and album, I'm back in the Howard Jones camp. Very nice. Very nice. You know, so Howard is clearly a very talented artist. There's no question about that. He wouldn't be around for four decades if he wasn't. But personally, I feel like his music has hit a sort of wall. With uh, the album being entirely electronic, a sort of redundancy kicks in. 
it worked better when he began his career, but I, I, I just don't think it's held up too well. I know he, he very well he knows very well how to create different sounds within that environment. All too often, though, his vocals seem to blend into the synths, sounding a bit muted and not very distinct. And CT Bone, I'm going to disagree a little bit on this one. I do feel like Howard was at that wall, and maybe he's broke that wall back down overall. This was a very nice surprise and an album that probably will end up in my top 10 for the year. I'm actually regretting the decision uh, we made not to see Howard live this summer with Midge. I was excited to see Midge, Howard not so much, but after hearing this, I would have loved to probably seen some of these songs live, and it, it has rejuvenated me a little bit more. To, it has rejuvenated my interest in Howard Jones a lot more. If you're like me and you've, and you've kind of fell off the Howard Jones Express, I would highly recommend picking up this album. It's probably one of the best albums that he's done in good couple decades okay yeah and, and it is my catchphrase of course but we are going to uh, be a, have a disagreement on this did i like dialogue uh there are some familiar howard jones elements that are present the problem i think it, with pretty much all electronic albums is the lack of diversity howard does all he can to exploit different sounds but in the long run for me they're just not enough fortunately in my opinion, this is a short album and only about 35 minutes, which may be to its advantage. Therefore, with some exceptions, Steve, I got to say that this isn't an album that I would highly recommend. Maybe for completist, but those that haven't followed his career closely, I'm saying it's a pass. Well, T-Bone, maybe this is something we can agree on. It's time for some music news. Well, we always agree on that. Yeah, so Mike Peters, I think we had talked about it an episode or two ago. He His cancer had returned, which is very unfortunate. He is fighting it. Um, he's still in the hospital. We hope to have some uh, positive updates uh, for you in the near future about his uh, state of health. And T-Bone, I got some new single news from uh, one of our friends of the podcast, Ian Donaldson. You might remember him from the band H2O. They had a couple hits, Dream to Sleep. I dream to sleep. I sleep to dream. I dream to sleep. I sleep to dream. And my favorite, Just Outside of Heaven. It's just outside of heaven. It's just outside of heaven. He has a new single that's coming out called The Alchemy of Us. The video is actually out on YouTube now. The single will drop, I believe he said, on October 14th. We'll have some links in our show description. I encourage our listeners to check it out. Yeah. Next up, uh, we do want to just very briefly mention that we're dropping this episode this weekend. On Tuesday, Depeche Mode is doing a big announcement. October 4th. October 4th. Yeah, we don't. We, we assume it's a new album, but we'll give you more details as we know. Now, we did also want to mention that our next episode, we are going to be having an, an interview with our next artist, uh, Nick Kershaw. And so we want you to look forward to that. And then the episode after that, we're going to have uh, the 
Well, we'll call it the latest album from the Smithereens. It's called The Lost Album. But almost more importantly, we're also going to be interviewing Jim Babjack, the guitarist for the Smithereens, to go along with that episode. And we would love to have you send us any questions you have about the Smithereens or Jim's career, anything. You can send those to New Wave Music Podcast at yahoo.com. And T-Bone, something I'm really excited about, you could almost say my Christmas wish list is coming true, really. <laughs> The Oingo Boingo reissue campaign part two from Rublin Remasters is coming out. Thus, uh, they're going to be remastering the solo album, which I guess is Danny Elfman's solo album. But let's be honest, it really is an Oingo Boingo album. That's going to be remastered on CD with bonus tracks and colored vinyl. Dead Man's Party, they're going to reissue as a colored vinyl. They already have the extended uh, uh, CDs out. The album Boingo is going to be uh, remastered as a CD with bonus tracks and colored vinyl. Boingo Alive is going to be a triple colored vinyl LP. And an album that's really grown on me lately is Boingo's Dark at the End of the Tunnel. That's going to be remastered with bonus tracks and colored vinyl LPs available as well. CDs are coming later this year. LPs are going to be early next year. Details are forthcoming, but as soon as we have them, we'll break those out to you. Right, and they did a fantastic job on those early, that earlier uh, mix of uh, early Boingo albums, so these should be an equally fantastic set. Without question. For me, it's a must-buy. So let's go ahead and get into the second review for our episode. That is going to be for Mr. Nick Kershaw. Now, you will remember him, I'm, I'm sure you will, for such hits as Wouldn't It Be Good? The Riddle. And I won't let the sun go down on me. So this album is called Oxymoron. It was actually finished and released in 2020. This is the ninth studio album for Nick and his first since 2012's Eight. Now, I had actually counted 10 albums, but since the last one was called Eight, it's very possible that I uh, looked that up wrong. Uh, This one has Nick, of course, on vocals, guitar, keyboards, percussion, and drum programming. We have Ralph Salmons on drums. Lawrence Cottle on bass, Phil Peskel on on piano, Paul, it's quite a long list, Steve, Paul Clarvis on percussion, and then we have a number of um, horns and, uh, and uh, woodwinds uh, along with uh, Louis Dodswell, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, George Hogg, Andy Wood, Martin Williams, Dave Bishop, and then we have uh, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and London Session Strings being used on this album. But let's dive into the album. Let's take a look at how this album stacks up. Let's do. The album kicks off with the track, The Chosen Ones. Wait till they hear a shout. We have so much to shout about. 
one thing just to kind of tease our interview we did with Nick is we did discuss with him the creepy timing of his pre-COVID lyrics are quite something. To find out his answer on that, well, I'm going to defer you guys to that interview. Yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it. It'll be up basically a week after this one. This song, as this album took me a couple listens to kind of get into it and come around, but I did enjoy the high quality production that it goes into this track and really throughout the album. I love how right before the chorus, there's a subtle percussion beat that goes into a great electric guitar melody. Yeah, you know, I love how the there's a very sweet piano that opens this track along with Nick's distinctive voice. This is a wonderful song, and I really felt that a great way to start this album. I really also enjoyed the marching uh, drum snares. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the marching snare drums that close the song. I'm going to quote lyrics here maybe just a little bit more than usual because they are so good but on this one i just love the wordplay he says it's word jazz as plain as the nose on your facebook i found that very clever and that leads us up into the second song which is one of my favorites on the album from cloudy bay to malibu going on Steve, this was actually the first single on the album. Again, incredible wordplay, such as, he knows it's probably her fault. He knows it's from the single malt. Off to Long Island for some iced tea. Then through Manhattan down to Tennessee to see Jackie D. This song is about a man whose girl has left him, and he goes around the world drinking in different bars. The horns give the song a long, a sense of longing and make this track even better. Steve, I love the, I just love this song. See, T-Bone, for me, this was the album highlight for me. The intro just pulls you in. It features some great keyboard or Sith work. The album never lacks or suffers from production. But this is the track that if you're not familiar with Nick or need to get re-familiar with Nick Kershaw, this is where I would start. Also, I love how the horns kind of come in and out of this track. I really did enjoy this song thoroughly. Yeah, I agree. This leads us into the third song, Can't Go On. You can't go on without me. Can't go on alone. Just stop to think about it. You will never make it home. Now, this is a very interesting change of pace on this track. It, it kind of is a reggae-tinged song with a sad, soulful soprano sax mixed in. It's so different from the previous two songs, but I think that's what makes this album work, is that varying difference on the song styles. Its mid-tempo pace makes it come across as an island breeze, and I like that. And yeah, you mentioned the Jamaican kind of yeah. percussions. This one did also remind me of Elvis Costello's Watching the Detectives, oh, yeah. with the same kind of percussion beat. This is another one that's going to feature a very a variety of instruments that mix and work very well. I love the kind of jazz feel at times throughout this track as well. And again, the horns make this track shine. Right. And I agree with you completely. There's a lot of different styles mixed in there and it, and it does work. And that leads us to the next track. The wind will blow. For me, this was actually another album highlight for me. I love the use from acoustic guitars 
to the lyrics to Nick's vocals. Once the chorus kicks in, this takes it to another album highlight for me. Yeah, you know, Nick gets a little more lyrically pessimistic on this track, <laughs> but as usual, it's his worst, it's his use of words that make it work so well. His voice is as strong as ever. And so that leads us up to the fifth track, I do believe. Fantastic guitars and vocals open this track along with a really strong drum beat. Both really make this love song move forward about a woman who doesn't really understand how this man can love her the way he does. And Nick's voice just often soars wonderfully. Yeah, I enjoyed this electric track. Again, it reminds me of Nick's early work, which is not a bad thing. It's a very enjoyable song. And so far, I do like how each track or each song is sounding different from the last. Uh, that leads us up to the sixth track, The Best I Can. But I won't be climbing any mountains. I won't be swimming any seas. I won't be fighting any dragons or anything like that to please. But I will do the best I can, love. Steve, here we have some more incredible wordplay. I'm not giving you excuses but I'm not the man I once was, yet still I come with many uses, like Vaseline does. I think that just doesn't get any better on lyrics. That is just so brilliant. There's some orchestration that comes in and makes this track so much more. I also love the muted beat during the chorus and the guitar riff that finds its way midway through the song. And see, I'm going to agree with you on that. This one was enjoyable, but I actually enjoyed the music more. You kind of mentioned the orchestra track mm -hmm. and the beats on there. That's why I found more uh, more engaging or more oh, entertaining nice. for me versus the actual song. I don't mean that to sound as a negative. It's just the melody and the track orchestra has that beat to it that mm -hmm. I just really liked and pulled me in more than the vocals. No, I love it too. Absolutely. And that's going to take us to Roundabout and Swings. this ballad did not connect with me hmm. it's one of the tracks i probably could have skipped as it filled really long for me i struggled getting through this track yeah and, and you know i'm gonna i'm probably gonna disagree with yes, you, you on are. this one yeah uh nick does slow things down a little bit here there, there's a real simple sweetness to this song the guitar plays underneath the chorus it's really nice choice as well as the piano work which becomes a little bit more prevalent midway through and i also like how it gains some momentum to the end of the track it just feels right to me um yes definitely and it didn't feel right to me it did not feel right to you uh but yeah no i i enjoyed this one but nothing compared to the next track number eight she gets me. She understands. She knows me. She frees my hands. She lets me be all I can. She loves me. But mostly, she gets me. Steve, this song may just go down in my top 10 songs of all time. You could not find a more beautiful love song. 
The wonderful guitar and playful bass that opens the track along with the horns is amazing. The highlight though, and it gets right to it, is the chorus. Nick's vocals on the entire album are spot on for me, but there is no track where he's, in, where he's better than this one. And I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true, but this track is so beautiful that it can bring you to joyful tears. If this album ended on this song, I would be 100% satisfied. But we're only halfway through. And T-Bone, I will agree that this is a, this song is an album highlight for me. It did definitely have the same vibes as probably the latest album from the Blow Monkeys, which was a great thing. Yes. This, has an out, this is an outstanding track that has become one of Nick's probably best songs, in, in my opinion. That guitar riff mixed with the horns and chorus is outstanding and works very well. Yeah, you know, it's just, for me, everything works on this song, uh, but his vocals are just so amazing. They, uh, For me, they just couldn't be any better. And that takes us to Babylon Brothers. This is another solid track on the album. I loved how this one started off slow and builds up to that great electric chorus. This is another song that will have that's going to be stuck in your head long after the album is done. Yeah, now this is obviously a, a personal song for Nick. He goes back in time uh, to his memories of music that helped him make who he is. King Crimson, Queen, Bowie, Dylan, they're all referenced. It's clearly a love song to music, and the instrumentation works perfectly in conjunction with those lyrics. Again, horns come in late in the track and, and really take it to another height. And then we hit the song Little Star. Unfortunately, Little Star is a track that really derailed the album for me. T-Bone, this song was one of the ones that was a task to get through to review for the album. It just didn't work for me on so many levels. It's one that I will not revisit or or re-listen to once we're done with this review for the album. Well, Steve, guess what? We disagree. Uh, (laughs) Big surprise. Yeah, you know, this uh, has primarily piano from Julian Gallant and some strings mixed in. I found it to be a wonderful lullaby to a child. It's a very simple presented song, but it has such heart to it. And I love the line, little star, don't be afraid, though where you are, always remember, I will be there when you wait. Personally, found it to be just a beautiful song. That takes us up to the 11th track, Let's Get Lost. Steve, I really like the change of timber in Nick's voice uh, that shows a range and style unlike that we've seen on other songs. Then there's a backbeat drums as well as the guitar playing that livens up the track. Even that sax comes in again. It's generally subdued, but it peaks out a little bit as the song comes to a close. Yeah, and this is one that I found to be a very creative track from the start. Nick does a great job of setting the tone of the song and it works beautifully. I really enjoyed this one. I liked how Nick's vocals at the beginning were in, in slightly different tone or tempo when he is questioning following you. Follow me, follow me. I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And the use of that electric guitar to accompany the horns works wonderfully. Yes, it does. And that takes us up to the 12th track, Come Back Tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. 
more amazing wordplay. It says, hang on for a bit. I'm winging it. I know I shouldn't quit. Don't wear the boots if the shoes don't fit. Love it. Uh, the instrument playing is perfect on this track, but it's the lyrics that make this song so good. And this is one that did take me a listener to to come around to, and I'm glad, but I'm glad I did. Like, so far half this album, I found it to be enjoyable and definitely worth a listen. And then we move into the track, These Little Things. Sometimes this track felt a little off and unbalanced, but it does come around like the last song. It's definitely worth listening to. This one features, again, some great keyboards, and that chorus is the highlight on the song for me. Yeah, you know, this is a song about the simpler things in life and how important they are to us. I found it to be a beautiful, slower song that just proves why Nick is considered one of his generation's best lyricists. The song closes with the line, this life is a good life, and that positive sentiment is exactly the message of this track. Then we move into the next track, Long Live the King. I was surprised how this song grew on me. This is kind of an electric folk type song that showcases Nick's talents. Works very well. I love the lyrics on there, the chorus. This one actually really worked for me and found it to be enjoyable. Yeah. You know, this one has a great use of bass to give this song a nice pump. The lyrics are actually a little rather humorous about a son of a king who's ready to take over for his father. But for now, he just stands in the king's shadows. Uh, I really like the guitar throughout the song. They really build this track up along with the drumming. And then we get into the next track, The Smallest Soul. is another track that just did not connect with me uh to be honest this album's feeling a little bit stretched out at this point this is a track i just would not recommend yeah you know this one and i'm gonna agree with you on this one actually uh, this one features a 74 string orchestra that i mentioned at the top of the review they are the focused instrumentally layered in with some guitars it took 15 songs for me to find one that didn't work as well as the others i can live with that 14 songs that i found just phenomenal here we are at the 15th Eh, you know, it's not it's not one of my favorites. I didn't think it was a bad song by any stretch. I thought Nick's vocals were strong as usual, and that orchestration is powerful. It does help to this song immensely. But I, I have to agree with you, Steve. This is probably my least favorite track on the song on this album. And then we close out the album with the track They Were There. She waits upon the beach as far away as she So this is the song that really kind of just, I was teetering about liking a couple songs on this album. Half of it has been a struggle. This is the one that just could not connect with me. I did not like how it was produced. I kept thinking in my mind, I was listening to Kenny Loggins' Return to Pooh Corner. This folk (laughs) song just did not work for me. 
I'm glad it was at the end of the album, or I probably would have shut the album off and just stopped my notes. Wow, and that is brutal, Steve. Yeah, and I, I can't agree with you on this one. Yeah. Uh, I did like it a lot more than you did. We start off this final track with a little slower-paced ballad that does have some wonderfully subdued drums. The keyboards let us focus on Nick's vocals. It's a very introspective and touching song to finish and an amazing album, in my opinion. So, Steve, do you think I liked the album? I think you liked the album a lot more than I did. Yeah, I really don't need to go any further than to say that this is my favorite Nick Kershaw album. I love Human Nature. I love The Riddle. But this album is so smartly written and the instruments played wisely that it has become one of my, what I think is one of the best albums in the past, in the past decade. I don't think you even have to know those classics from Nick to enjoy this album. It stands out on its own. So... I think we're going to hear a little bit different from you in a moment here, Steve, but I highly recommend Oxymoron, not just for fans of Nick Kershaw, but for anyone who enjoys music of any form. It is just that good. And see, T-Bone, for me, this album was very unbalanced. I really liked some of the tracks, such as Cloudy Beta Malibu, She Gets Me, and Babylon Brothers. But other tracks like Little Star, The Smallest Soul, and especially They Were There, made this album pretty much unlistenable to me. I think I'm more of a fan of Nick's electric work, his earlier work from the 80s, and I would have to say I'd pass on this album. The few gems I mentioned at the beginning, I'd pick those up as singles, but I'd skip this album. Now, that being said, I did like Nick's latest album, Songs from the Shelf Part 1. I really enjoyed that one. That's what he just released this year. And it has what has become one of my favorite Nick Kershaw songs, To Hurt the Ones You Love. But you scream and shout I'd highly recommend checking out that EP, and I'd also highly recommend checking out the single he just released with his daughter, Izzy Kershaw, Paranoid. And he has a second, uh, uh, or I should say a sequel to that EP coming out fairly soon, uh, from what I understand. Tune into our interview. You might find yes, out. Yes, you might just find out some inter- interesting information. Well, T-Bone, I think this is the first episode in over a year. We've kind of come to a, you're really one way on that. I'm on the other way, and that's okay. No, that's absolutely okay. You know, everybody's going to have their own opinions on things. And, uh, you know, this is just one that we really didn't see eye to eye on. Nothing wrong with that at all. Well, let's see if we agree next week when we review the new album from the Smithereens, the Lost Album. Right, yeah, and then not a, not necessarily a new album. It's new to uh, to our listeners, as to us. Uh, of course, it was recorded in '93. But yeah, I'm really excited to uh, see what we think about that one. Yeah, and as you also mentioned, we're going to be interviewing Jim Babjack. And if you, our listeners, have any questions, we included them with the Nick Kershaw interview and the last couple interviews we've done. If you have questions, drop us a line, send us an email. We'll make sure to get those questions up passed on. Absolutely. Yeah, we know there's a great following for the Smithereens, and so we would love to hear your questions or get your questions about what you have to say or think about the Smithereens or or Jim Babjack's career, anything. Uh, New Wave Music Podcast at Yahoo.com. And then, of course, don't forget our Facebook page, our Instagram, our TikTok. Just look up New Wave Podcast. You should find us. And that'll do it for this week. And we'll see you guys uh, for a new thrilling episode next time. (laughs) 